Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the new Jesus. Uh, let's review just a little bit and then move on to the next uh, step. Um, we've been talking about beliefs and how you always do what you believe 100%. You never do anything that you don't believe and that's also 100%. How can that be true? Because almost all of us have competing beliefs about the same thing. I should do this, I shouldn't do this. Based on whether that belief is kind of of the spirit and love or of the flesh and fear and selfishness. Okay? Um, God said, I put before you both life and death, choose life. Alright? Well, how in the heck do we do that? How do we choose life? Well, it's all about your beliefs and what you value, what you place value and worth on. We've been talking about that. Um, we talked about the anatomy of a belief and how to diagram a belief that's causing you problems and then work on it through prayer, meditation, and a mechanical intervention to heal those things. All right, and that, and then we talked about an anatomy of love last week. Um, you can tell if you are taking the love path if you're doing these things. And we talked about that last week. We also talked about how um, last week belief is largely about time. That time was invented, in my opinion, because belief requires time. And that we see time like this, from zero to 90 years old, okay? and today and tomorrow, all right? God sees belief, I, uh, our life and time, I believe, this way, where everything is present tense reality, even if it's not going to happen 2,000 years ago. To God, it's present tense reality because He can't lie. He's all-powerful. 
So when he decides something and commits to it, it's not like us where circumstances may keep us from doing that. No, God's all-powerful. Circumstances, he controls circumstances. They don't control him. For us, we don't control most circumstances. They have an effect on us. Okay, God is the opposite. So he controls circumstances and he is love. And man, what a comforting thing to know that the being who is all-powerful is incapable of anything but love. He is love. And I think that's why he can say that um, he gives us a results guarantee, an outcome guarantee. Okay, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I will make everything work out for the best for those who love me and are called to my purpose, which is love. That's what Jesus said. It's all through Scripture. Okay? So, we've been talking for weeks now about this high road and low road, and that, and that if you sort of boil it down and distill it to its least common denominator, every day is a choice between the high road and the low road. And the high road is love, the low road is selfishness and fear-based. The high road is delayed gratification. The low road is instant gratification. Okay? The high road is, Father, whatever your will be done. The low road is whatever my will be done. Alright? Um, I heard uh, by one of my favorite preachers of all time a statement where he said, The height of arrogance is to disagree with God. Okay? So, whoever God says I am as far as value and worth is who I am whether I feel that or not. And Satan tries to make sure that I don't feel that. That I feel condemnation and guilt and shame and all that sort of thing. Alright? Um, but God promises other things if we take the high road, all right? And we've talked a lot about how there's pain on both of these roads. There is no path with no pain, but that the difference is on the high road, it's meaningful pain. On the low road, it's meaningless pain, all right? So today, I just wanted to go through a whole bunch of scriptures. Um, on some of these teachings, we I, I don't um, quote a lot of scriptures on some two or three today is going to be a lot all right um, because I think it's really important that we take a pause push the pause button on on uh, what we've been talking about for the last number of weeks and say okay okay let's pause let's make sure we're on the right track here based on what God says not on what Alex says or or a scientist or an author or a PhD or, or anyone else. Let's see what does God say, all right? Because I need to agree with God or I'm being arrogant and I'm wrong and I'm on the low road, okay? All right, so let's, um, let's take a look at some of God's promises, all right? I'm going to read a couple of them off of uh, some cards here. 
and um, and then we'll go to the board. All right. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at two different sets of scriptures. One is what does God promise if I choose the high road? Both overall in my life, make a vow and commitment to that. That's number one. Number two, when I get up today, make another vow and commitment to that. Recommit. And then, 10 to 30 times a day, whenever I experience pain or temptation or my conscience tells me to do one thing but my flesh wants me to do another, to again recommit to your way, whatever that is, and whatever that means as far as whether I feel something good or something negative. All right? But the real, you know the old thing, the proof is in the pudding. The real proof is what are the end results. Okay? So keep that in mind as we go through these. Um, what does God say are the end results of living here or living here? And which of those end results do I want? And where am I today? Okay? And do I need to reevaluate the road I'm on? Do I need to uh, brush myself off here and find a trail up to here today? And commit to that. All right? So let's take a look at a few um, scriptures. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know your plans to prosper me and not to harm me. God's plans for me and for you, if you are right with God and given your life to Him uh, through Jesus Christ. He has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Okay? Philippians 1.6 He will complete the work He has started in you unless you refuse to let Him by demanding to stay here and have what I want when I want. Romans 15.13 The God of hope will fill you with joy and peace to the degree that it overflows. Wow! I love that one. Uh, and, and by the way, you can't be filled with joy and peace without love. Joy and peace come from love. So to me, that's God will fill you with love, joy, and peace if you choose here and give Him control. All right? Um, oh, oh, I forgot to say something really important um, that I've been leading up to in these teachings. What we talk about either way is hard, either way is painful, okay? But the point I want to make today is while that is true, if you choose the high road, once you get to a certain place along that high road, things get way, way, way easier. And the pain, and I don't even know how to say this, but the pain in a way doesn't even seem like the same pain anymore. It's a different kind of pain because the pain is accompanied with a joy and a peace because I know the outcome guarantee I have. 
And so you can only get down so far if you know we're going to win the game. All right? I grew up in athletics. If we were in a football game and we're behind 21 to nothing, I'd be kind of bummed out. But if I knew absolutely for a fact that we're going to come back and win 28 to 21, I'm not bummed when I'm down 21. I'm like, oh, it's going to be fine, guys. I would have peace and joy. And that's exactly what he says. He will fill us with peace and joy. We will overflow with peace and joy. Okay? And because of that, when the pain hits up here, it's accompanied by peace and joy. When the pain hits down here, it's accompanied by anxiety, anger, sadness, hopelessness, helplessness, rejection, low self-worth, unforgiveness, etc. And then the and then the accompanying physiological and biological things they go they go along with that, which is which is unbalanced brain chemistry, negative hormones, okay? Where on the high road, it's accompanied by oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, those wonderful feel-good hormones, and um, uh, and and a sense of I'm okay and well-being. Okay, so what we've been saying so far is true. There's no path without pain. Okay, but. When the pain hits up here, it's different. It's a different kind of pain. And it, yeah, it hurts, but at the same time it hurts, there's a joy and a peace. Because I know the outcome is going to be wonderful. Beyond what I can ask or imagine, remember. As we already talked about that. Okay. Um, all right. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Submit to Him and He will make straight your path. You ever feel like you're on a hamster wheel? Man, when I was in my 20s, that's exactly how I felt. And then I even said that to Hope, to my brother, to my parents, to people I worked with. Oh man, at the end of the day, I just came home and I was exhausted because I didn't enjoy what I was doing. I, I don't think I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I was trying to make a lot of money and that was pretty much it and it wasn't working. Okay? Um, and I said over and over, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. I feel like I'm on a treadmill. I feel like I just keep living the same rotten day over and over, like in the movie Groundhog Day, all right? Well, if I submit my ways to Him, trust in the Lord and submit to Him, that means give it to Him, give the pain to Him, give the problem to Him. When something good happens, give the praise and glory to Him. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, okay? Every one of them. Why? Because God made everything and made it very good for us. Genesis. Alright? Alright, let's move on. First uh, Peter 3, verse 4. We have a new birth into a living hope through Jesus. And through that new birth, we are due an inheritance that will never go away, will never fade, and is waiting for us. 
Wow. I mean, Hope and I are at the place in our life where we're looking at, you know, long term. Now, I never plan to retire. I plan to work until I fall over. But there may come a time when I take it uh, a little bit easier than, than I do now. Well, through the new birth in Jesus, um, I've got an inheritance waiting for me that is beyond what I can imagine, will never fade, and will never go away. It's waiting for me and, and for you. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. I like this one. Our momentary troubles, our momentary troubles, our momentary pain will achieve an eternal glory that far outweighs the momentary trouble. So, fix your eyes on what is unseen and eternal, not on what is seen. Because what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Professor William Tiller, head of the physics department at Stanford, told me over breakfast one time that in the field of physics, the unseen is always the parent of the seen. The seen is never the parent of the unseen. Well, where do we focus most of our attention? On the seen, on our physical and external circumstances, and on future end results. Well, we're not supposed to do that. Why? That cre creates anxiety, fear, uh, all the stuff we don't want. Pre the present in love. That's where we're supposed to be. Okay? And... When we have these pains and troubles, God says they are momentary in comparison, like the mist that appears for a second and then vanishes away. Nothing like the um, what is waiting for us after those momentary troubles. All right, Lamentations 3, 21. His compassion is new every morning. Oh. Thank you, because I need it every morning. I need it every afternoon. I need it every evening. I need it every hour. Okay, his, mer his mercies, his, his compassion is new to me and to you every morning. Yesterday's done, okay? That's why Jesus died, to completely forgive you for yesterday and to take away that sin, uh, that selfishness, that instant gratification, that not measuring up. He died to take that away so that it's not even yours anymore and God doesn't even write it under your name. It is never attributed to you. His compassion's new every morning. Proverbs 16. A person's... Uh, oh, and this is a great one. A person's ways seem right to himself. Well, I think sometimes that's so and sometimes it's not. I've had times when my ways appeared right, but I had ways when my ways I knew they were wrong. Well, this is talking about when your way appears right to you. Okay? So that's what we're talking about. When what you're doing appears right to you, what? Let's go on. But motives 
are weighed by the Lord. In other words, it's not just whether you think it's right or not. It's why are you doing it? You can take a baseball bat and go in the backyard and make a lifetime frozen moment memory with your kid. You can take that same baseball bat, go downtown, whack someone over the head, and steal their wallet. It's not the baseball bat. It's what you do with it. All right? Is your way right or is it not? It all depends on the why. Okay? All depends on the why. If you murder some, if you kill someone who is coming in to kill your family, does God see that the same way as going to murder someone to steal a car? If you kill someone in war where a, um, a terrible, um, horrible dictator is trying to take over the world like Hitler or something, and you kill someone fighting against, as your government has ordered you to, that evil regime, does God see that the same as if you kill someone who's trying to kill your family or if you kill someone who's trying to steal a car? Well, according to Proverbs, yeah, we're not supposed to murder, but God looks at the why. So, in order to determine whether what you're doing or planning is right or not, don't just weigh that as far as how it seems to you. Go deeper and say, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do I want to do this and do it this way? Let me pray about that. Let me meditate about that. Make sure my why is right. Make sure my why is uh, unselfish, love-based, win-win-win for everyone with no losers, rather than just instant gratification, what I want, when I want. Okay? We're still in Proverbs 16. A person's ways seem right, but the Lord looks at the motive. So, commit your plans to Him, and He will establish and work everything out toward the best end. Okay? So, the only guarantee you have for the absolute best end to whatever plan of action you're taking is to commit and give Him control over the path you choose and every step along the way. Okay? Alright. James 4. Um, if it's the Lord's will, I will do this or not do that tomorrow or the next day. If, I, if my attitude is, oh, I'm in control of my life. I'm going to do this tomorrow and this month from now. And this um, scripture says that is a boast in arrogance because you're not taking into account that may not be the Lord's will. So if, it's the Lord's will, I should say, or at least think. I'm not saying it's a legalistic thing where every single time I say I'm going to do this tomorrow, I have to say it's the Lord's will. But that at least needs to be in my mind and heart. That, yeah, yeah, I'm planning this, but I know lots of things could happen or God could steer me away. 
That's cool. All right. Psalms 10. God will forgive all sins and heal all diseases and redeem your life and give love and satisfied desires with good things. Wow. That's a good one. All right. Romans 8. Your present suffering can't compare to what's to come. Hope seen is not hope. That's the scripture. Hope seen is not hope. If if you hope and already have, that's not hope. Hope waits patiently. Okay? So if you're desiring something in the future, there's a difference. Is it a hope or is it a goal? If it's a goal, I've taken ownership of it and I'm going to make it happen no matter what. Okay? No, no, no. God says give it to Him and He will make it happen or not. He'll make the best thing happen. My job is to wait patiently. Okay? Matthew 6. Don't worry about your life. (laughs) Focus on what is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise, and the peace of God which passes understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The thing my clients have told me they wanted the most over the years, peace. All right? Just told you how to get it. And then God gives a test in Scripture. Matthew, still Matthew 6. Increase your life by one hour. Make your body grow three inches taller. Okay? If you want to play God and decide yourself everything about your life, all right, prove your God. Make, make your life longer. Make your body taller. If you can't do that, which no one, none of us can, you're not God. All right? Leave that up to Him. He's the one with the power. All right? Psalm 10. He forgives all sin. Well, I already read that one. Um, that may be it on these. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's take a look at the board. And we're still talking about what God promises if we choose the high road and not the low road. If we get a handle on time as it affects our beliefs and we know there's going to be hard, painful things in life, all right? But, let me, if possible, have the good kind of pain instead of the bad kind of pain. The good kind with joy and peace along with the pain. The bad with fear, anxiety, anger, low self-worth, unforgiveness along with the pain. Alright? Let's take a look. God will supply all my daily needs. So, be anxious for nothing. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, God will take care of that. He clothes the lilies of the fields. He he, 
uh, takes care of the birds, how much more will he take care of you and me? And I'm going to go through these quickly. Number two, the Lord will give you a helper who will teach you and guide you to all things. John 14, the Holy Spirit. All right? So that means if he's going to, if he has the ability from God to teach me all things and always show me the right way to go, then I need to listen to him and be in communication with him, right? Well, he speaks in a still, small voice. So it's really easy for me to miss him, all right? Uh, So I need to be quiet, be patient, meditate, pray. All right, Father, what is your will? Which direction even up here on the high road, maybe there's, maybe there's um, a whole bunch of different paths that are part of the high road. Well, which one of those? They're all on the high road. Which one is the best? Well, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide me to that. If I'll listen and if I will submit to God, if... He knows I want, I want to do what His will, and I will do it. Now, if I, if I consult, let's say, with the Holy Spirit, and He tells me to go this way, and then I decide, you know what? I don't like that way. I'm going to go this way instead. They're both on the right road, so I just choose this one, even though I feel strongly God wants me to do this. Well, then the Holy Spirit is going to quit talking to me because I'm not listening. And I'm not valuing uh, his guide, his leading. All right, number three. The Lord will always provide a way out. He'll never tempt you beyond what you can bear. All right? But will you choose his way out? Thousands of times in my life, I saw the way out and then chose the other way. All right? How about you? Number four. He will provide joy, John 15. He will provide all your needs to do what he has for you to do, Hebrews 13. He will provide spiritual strength, Ephesians 3. He will provide protection, Hebrews 13. Ah, this is a good one. He will provide a hundredfold for anything that you have lost. A hundredfold. Well, what could I lose? Money, peace, um, love, a job, health. It could be anything. He'll provide a hundredfold for what I have lost. Wow, that's a good one. Mark 10. He uh, He will equip me and empower me for the role that he has chosen for me to fulfill in my life. That is Mark 10. He will provide that, the ability to do it, and do it as best I can, not in my willpower. I do do my best, of course, yes. Um, He promises a future with him, all right? Number 11. He will complete the work He started in you. We read that a minute ago when I was reading off the cards. He promises you will be like Jesus. Wow. 
You know, I wasn't very familiar with that passage. Uh, I kind of found that researching today. Um, He promises you will be like Jesus. What does that mean? Innocent, as if you have never committed a wrong or sin in your entire life. Perfect, holy, righteous, blameless. That's your worth and identity. Wow. He promises you will see his face someday. Man, this week, close your eyes and meditate on that for a few minutes about someday being literally face-to-face and seeing the face of God who is all-powerful and all-loving at the same time. And that love directed at you. Wow. I can't wait for that. Um... He promises there will be no more tears uh, because there's nothing to have tears about. He promises a rich inheritance. That doesn't necessarily mean money, but it does mean great stuff. Love, joy, peace. It may mean money. Great relationships. It may mean health. I mean, that's up to God. But he promises a great inheritance, a hundredfold uh, inheritance and blessing for anything that we have lost or the painful experiences we've gone through, a hundredfold to the good. You won't get that bet in many places. All right? Number 16. He promises that death is not the end, but the beginning. C.S. Lewis says that death, uh, before death, Real life hasn't even begun yet. 17. He promises that your destination is salvation. And and that's not if you quit sinning. We will always sin. All have fallen short. All right? I sin every day, I think. Um, Sometimes a lot. All right? So... The destination is not dependent on that. Remember, the price for all that's already been paid. There won't be anybody in hell because of sin. That's been taken care of and paid for in advance, including the ones I do tomorrow and 10 years from now. All right? The people in hell, are whatever hell is, uh, is it a burning fire? I don't know. Is it earth just without God and without love? Some people believe that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out someday. But no matter how much I sin, as long as I'm committed to Him and doing my best to take this road, even if I fall down ten times a day and brush myself off and get back up and go again, I am promised that my destination is salvation. Number 18. I've been born again to a new life. The old has passed away. All right? And number 19, and and by the way, you can do this any time. You can start a new life spiritually today. Why don't you? Start over, all right? Uh, Repent, confess, uh, go through a ceremony. I had my family do this with me just a few years ago. Um, uh, They baptized me again 
and I not that I needed to for God's sake, I, but I thought I needed to for my sake. All right, uh, so I repented, confessed. They they put their hands on me, baptized me, brought me back up, and and I asked God, please let me be born again and start over today on a new life. And I, I believe that very well may have happened. And then 19, God promises that you have seen God already in the person of Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the love, the compassion, the forgiveness, the wisdom, the caring. It says that Jesus healed everyone who came to him. Okay? Doesn't say that about anybody else. They ask him, what's the most important thing? It's love. And if you do love, you've kept the whole law. All right? Well, God says, that's me too. That's how I am. And, and that's how he cares about you, the same way Jesus did to sinners and everyone really, except the arrogant and religious um, aristocracy that was full of dead men's bones. They were all about selfishness and their own position and legalism and all that. Okay? All right. So, sounds pretty good, right? I mean, all the uh, fantastic, unbelievable stuff that I'm promised, not suggested, not maybe, promised if I will choose God's way and go through the pain His way instead of Satan's way and my flesh's way. All right? And so really, he promises that if I will commit to him, if I will commit to love, if I will choose as best I can this way, the present moment in love, giving up end results, that he will make that, yeah, there'll be pain, but it'll be a different kind of pain that is accompanied by joy and peace and a guaranteed hundredfold outcome to the positive. Um, I don't know anywhere else you're going to get that deal or anyone else who could even guarantee um, those results. God's the only one who's all-powerful and can do that. But for just a moment, let's take a look at the other side of the coin. What happens if you decide, well, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I don't quite buy it. I'm just going to keep on this seek pleasure, avoid pain, control my own end results, uh, etc. All right? What, is, what does the Bible say about that? 2 Corinthians 7 says, um, Godly grief leads to repentance and confession. Worldly grief leads to death. So, whenever you're on here, on this road, and experience pain, you experience grief. Grief is regret, sadness, um, pain, 
Um, I wish that hadn't happened. That hurts. You know, all that kind of stuff. Well, God says, if, if you go through the pain that way, the result is going to be death. Spiritual death, death of cells in your body, because your stress response is turned on, and that's what happens. Maybe illness and disease. Dr. Bruce Lipton says that's the only way you can get illness or disease. But if you are up here and go through pain, which means you have some grief over the pain, it leads to repentance and salvation. So when, when you're in pain, when you do something that you believe was wrong, do you, do you experience repentance and salvation and then the peace and joy that come from that or death, which is anger, sadness, hopelessness, anxiety, unforgiveness, I don't measure up, I'm not good enough, condemnation, that sort of thing. All right? Romans 2. God will judge each person according to their stuff. And if the person is patient and chooses well-doing instead of ill-doing, God's gift is life. If the person chooses self-seeking and falsehood, the result is death. Uh, and, and this road here, the pain-pleasure thing and all that, self-seeking is a perfect umbrella term for that. Okay, Everything we've called about uh, choosing fear, choosing the low road, uh, choosing what's in it for me, instant gratification, uh, the end results. Every bit of that is self-seeking. And Romans 2 says, if you're self-seeking, the results of that will be death. Physical, mental, spiritual. If it's patience and well-doing, life. Okay, Second Peter 4. God did not spare the angels when they sinned. Okay? That's what this passage says. God did not spare the angels when they sinned. He rescues the godly and punishes the unrighteous. Okay? So, again, if you're on this road, God's not looking to rescue you. You gotta, I mean, you gotta let him know you at least want to change roads or you're willing to change roads or you're trying to go from self-seeking to patience and well-doing, all right? If you're just living here and that's it, all right, you're not trying to change, um, you're going to have bad outcomes, okay? Um, if you are trying, not doing, but trying to live a godly life, it says God will rescue you. Okay? Um, and, and oh, and one other thing about that passage, the second Peter 4, um, about God didn't spare the angels, rescues the godly. It says, especially when you follow the desires of the flesh. <laughs> 
Man, that is everything we've been talking about since we started, is, is the desires of the flesh. What I want, when I want, pain, pleasure. I mean, that's what that is. So God says you will especially have a negative outcome, predictably, if you are following the desires of the flesh. And we could easily rename the low road the desire of the flesh road. All right? So where are you on that? All right. Acts 8. Repent and pray that the intentions of your heart will be forgiven. So God says he looks at the heart. He wants the heart. Who you really are is who you are in your heart. What you value, where your treasure is, that's in your heart. So he says repent and pray that the intent of your heart will be forgiven. Which, and we have both in our heart. In our heart we have an intention to love and a self-seeking intention. Both are in there. I presented before you life and death. Choose life. All right. And then the last one I wanted to take a look at, 1 John 2. And this is probably my favorite one of everything we've talked about. He, Jesus, is the propitiation for all sin. What does propitiation mean? It means that I was rightly convicted to death. I've got the blindfold on. I'm standing against the um, the background and they're about to execute me. Alright? And I deserve it. I did it. I'm guilty. And they convicted me of it. And so I rightly deserve life. And Jesus walks in, takes the blindfold, tells me he loves me, and go live a wonderful life. And Jesus takes the firing squad for me. That's what propitiation means. Why did he do it? Simple. You can guess that, right? Because he loves you so much. So it's the reason you were made, reason all of this was made for loving relationship. All right. So we've been talking pain, 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 pain. What causes it? Where does it come from? How do you get rid of it? Whatever. Well, today, here's kind of what God says about that pain. And to me, it's that, yeah, there's still pain on both roads. There's pain up here, but it's a different kind of pain. And it's up here, it's a situation where a lot of the time, life feels effortless. Like, how am I getting all this done? How is this happening? It just seems easy, okay? So many of our testimonials over the years, people have said, the biggest difference for me is it just seems effortless now. Where before, it was so hard every day, okay? And I believe that's exactly what God 
promised if we are committed to him, committed to Jesus, in right relationship, we commit to the high road knowing we'll never do it right, and we recommit every day, we recommit maybe several times a day, we still fall down all the time, we still come down here sometimes when we shouldn't, but we go back up. We repent, we confess, we brush ourselves off, get back on the road, ask God to do all those things He promised again as we start out again. A fresh start, new start, um, new life, born again. Okay, so um, I felt compelled, we've talked so much about pain, to sort of show you there's two kinds of pain. Which one are you going through? And if it's the if it's the uh, self-seeking pain, ooh, then what you're promised is all those negative things we talked about at the end, not all the wonderful things we talked about at the first. All right? So which do you want for yourself? Which do you want for your kids, your spouse, your family, your friends? Um, it's a no-brainer, right? It comes down to what do you believe and will you choose this path even if everything in you wants to control the end results and instant gratification. Okay? But you're not supposed to do it in your strength. You're just supposed to choose. But, but your heart and God know if you really mean that choice or not. And if you do really mean it, and you choose life, and you choose God, then all of these promises apply to you. If you don't mean it, and you're just saying that to try to get more, more pleasure and less pain, then all of those promises of those last scriptures apply to you. Death. Death. Punishment. Uh, unforgiveness, etc. But remember, it's not about you doing it right. He is the propitiation for all sin. It, it says for the whole world's sin. Okay? So this is open to you and everyone. This is, these promises are to you and everyone. If you are willing to choose love, choose God, choose the high road. I hope this helps. Uh, let me know what you think, and we'll take the next step next week. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Mm -hmm.